So one of the first stories in the Torah is the story of Cain and Abel, or Cain and Hevel. And this story, Cain and Hevel were Adam and Eve's two children. This story, like most of the first 11 chapters, going till the end of Noah, until Abraham, in the Torah, is highly cryptic. Meaning it tells us very, very little, and it leaves open a lot of room for explanation and interpretation. And so, as we'll see, the Torah story itself is very, very brief, isn't much detail, but there's a lot of explanation. It, but it is the story of the first siblings, Cain and Abel, the first siblings, and the first sibling rival, rivalry that ends pretty horribly. And it's a story that has a lot of very, very important lessons for it. And some of the Torah's most important statements about human nature are found in this story. So, Cain and Hevel, or Cain and Abel, are born to their parents, the first humans, Adam and Eve, or in Hebrew, Adam and Chava. So now there's some debate as to exactly when they were born. Rashi tells us that they were conceived and born before their parents ate from the tree of knowledge. We once did a class on the tree of knowledge and what exactly happened with that story, story of its own. Um, but it was before their parents ate from the tree of knowledge, which Rashi says all happened on the day they were created, on the sixth day of creation, Adam and Eve were created, that same day they ate from the tree of knowledge. It was that same day before they ate from the tree of knowledge that they already had uh, conceived um, their sons, Cain and Hevel, and they were both born immediately because babies before eating from the tree of knowledge. A baby could be born instantly without any gestation, without any pregnancy. Babies were just born just like that. Um, others say, many other commentaries say, no, they would have been born after the sin of eating from the tree, after being banished. In fact, some suggest that having these children was somewhat of a response to the sin. Firstly, because the lust for each other only came after they had the evil inclination, they had the inclination that came with the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So they only were, um, they only made it after they had eaten from the tree. Uh, in addition, some suggest that now after they had eaten from the tree, they were told by Hashem that they would die before that they would have lived forever. Now they needed to have children for someone to continue their legacy after they die. Otherwise, there'll be no humans left. So it was a response to having eaten from the tree, and then it would have been a normal, if it would have happened outside the Garden of Eden, it would have been a regular pregnancy. Eve had already been, Chava had already been cursed by God that she would suffer in pregnancy and in childbirth. It would be painful, and so she would have gone through the painful childbirth in giving birth to them. Um, so Chava, Eve, named her first child Cain. Cain from the word kinyan, acquiring. She said, I have acquired a man with Hashem. And some say that means that creating Cain, she, Eve, and her husband Adam, had become partners with Hashem. Until then, Hashem had created everything. Now, they, humans, had created something. Every child is a three-way partnership. The two parents and Hashem. So they had acquired something with Hashem, they had created something with Hashem, and therefore they called him Cain. Others say that 
she was saying she had acquired a child who can serve Hashem after he dies. This child will be able to serve God. Others suggest that he actually was dedicating this child, that his life will be dedicated to serving God. It doesn't turn out very well in the end, but she originally dedicated his life to serve God. The second son is called Hevel, um, Abel in English. Um, the Torah doesn't tell us why he is called Hevel, but Hevel means vanity or vapor um, because um, she was dedicating his recognizing that everything in this world, everything around us is vanity, is meaningless. All that truly matters is what Hashem wants from us. Now the Torah doesn't say so, but it must be that along with their sons, Adam and Eve had daughters as well. Because otherwise, how would they have created the following generation? Who, who would Adam and Eve have married? Uh, sorry, who would Cain and Abel have married? Who would Cain and Hevel have married? They must have had sisters if they were the first humans. And so, um, so they must have had daughters. Um, the Midrash tells us that if you look at the verse carefully that speaks about Cain and Hevel's birth, when it says that she gave birth to Hevel, it adds an extra word. It said she had a child et Cain. She gave birth to et Cain. Et is an extra word that has no particular meaning, uh, but it's kind of an additional word that the Torah sometimes throws in when speaking about it before a noun. And so, um, and so the et, the sages say, means that she had a twin. Together with Cain, she had a twin. Another, then when it comes to Hevel, it says twice the word et. She had et achiv, his brother, et Hevel. So twice the word et with Hevel, she had two twins. So these twin sisters is who they would end up marrying and have children with. Later, the Torah is going to ban incest. But in this generation, there was no choice. That was the only way to keep humanity going. In fact, later when the, when the um, Torah bans incest, it makes an exception for when there is no other way for humans to be created, referring to this original generation. And so, uh, it, but, it, but Hevel does have, according to Midrash, two twins. And this later, at least according to one opinion, is the cause for the conflict. Because they each had a twin whom they married. But then they debated over who would get the second twin. Big fight over who should get the second twin. So these two boys, Cain and Hevel, Cain and Abel, grow up. And this is fast forward many years. Um, and they become a, according to one opinion, if they were born in the Garden of Eden, they already, just as they didn't need to uh, gestation, they didn't need uh, pregnancy to, for them to grow from, uh, but they were able to grow in a day to full size. They also didn't go through childhood either. They just went straight away to full size. But uh, presumably it took many years for them to grow up. And so Cain becomes a farmer. He works the land. And he, while his brother Hevel becomes a shepherd, taking care of the flocks, sheep and goats. Rashi tells us that Cain chose to work the land, although the land had been cursed by God. After Adam and Eve had eaten from the tree of knowledge, God said that the land would be cursed and you would have to work very, the land very hard and there would be thorns and, um, uh, and weeds that you would have to uh, remove from the land and it'd be very hard work to be able to produce food. 
And so he decided to work the land anyway. And so um, that kind of shows something already about Kayan's negativity, that he had worked the land, um, choosing something that had been cursed. Rav Shimshon Rafal Hirsch, um, a 19th century German sage, um, says that the Torah generally frowns on landowners, since landowners become arrogant. Um, he was writing this in the 19th century, when landowners was a big problem in Europe, um, right? the land-owning class, when there was still a class society somewhat, and um, where there was a land-owning class owns the, owns the land. The Torah fl- frowns on the landowners because landowners become very arrogant. They think they own it. They own the land. And so it leads to arrogance, and you forget that everything truly belongs to Hashem. And he points out that while Jews were farmers in the land of Israel, Hashem gave them many rules, like tithes, like Shemitah, resting the land every seven years. And these rules were to remember that the land ultimately belongs to Hashem. However, generally, Hashem frowns on land owning. And therefore, because Cain became a farmer and a landowner, he became arrogant as well. Hevel, on the other hand, became a shepherd, a job that involves caring and empathy. And, so, and that's the same role that our forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, were all shepherds for the same reason. Moses, David, they were all shepherds because it's a job that requires empathy. Um, now, in truth, at this point, we mentioned, that, at least according to some, people were forbidden from eating animals. So when Hevel was a shepherd, he wasn't raising the animals for slaughter. He was raising them for their wool and their milk, and the produce from the animals, but not to slaughter the animals themselves, which would have been forbidden, at least according to some, at that point. Any questions? So the Torah tells us that both Cain and Hevel one day brought a sacrifice to Hashem. The Midrash says that it was the 14th of Nisan, the day that would be Passover Eve, and the day that later Israel would, be, would bring their Passover sacrifice in Egypt, and Hashem would command Israel that every year when the temple stood, they would all come to Jerusalem and bring a Passover sacrifice. So the Midrash says that Adam told his sons, that today is the day that one day Israel will bring a Passover sacrifice. I want you to bring a sacrifice to God as well. So Cain brought as a sacrifice from the fruits of the ground, the fruit of the ground, which is what was his produce. And Hevel brought from the firstborn and choicest of the sheep. So the Torah says that Hashem accepted Hevel's sacrifice but did not accept Cain's sacrifice. How do we know whether Hashem accepted it or not? So the Medrash tells us that this was symbolized by a miraculous fire, that they placed their sacrifices on altars, and they did not light the altar, but a fire came for Hevel's sacrifice, a fire came by itself and burned the altar, burned the, burned the sacrifice on the altar. Without them, them having to light the altar, the same did not happen for Cain. And so they took that as a message that Hashem had accepted Hevel's sacrifice and not accepted Cain's sacrifice. There would be a similar sign later when they would build the temple in the desert, the Mishkan. Um, a fire would come from heaven and 
light the altar. And then the same would also happen later when King Solomon would burn, build the first temple, a fire would come from heaven and light the altar, the fire on the altar. And so um, it was a sign of God accepting their sacrifice. It's not clear from the Torah, though, what was wrong with Cain's sacrifice. Why did Hashem only accept Hevel's sacrifice and not accept Cain's sacrifice? The Torah doesn't tell us. So commentaries offer many different explanations. Rashi tells us that Hevel brought the best, the firstborn sheep, the choicest of his sheep, while Cain brought the leftovers, the garbage. He was bringing whatever he had extra to God. Hashem, to Hashem we have to bring the best. And therefore Hashem was disappointed with Cain's sacrifice and did not accept it, rather accepted Hevel's sacrifice. Others say, um, others say that he brought vegetables instead of bringing fruit. Fruit is of greater quality. He should have brought fruit rather than vegetables. Some say that Hashem only wants us to bring animals as sacrifices or plants that require human preparation, like flour, oil, wine, that they would all use for sacrificial purposes in the temple. But something that can just be picked without any work, that Hashem does not want us to bring as a sacrifice. The Midrash says that Cain brought flax seed which is actually a very, very valuable plant. Flaxseed is the plant that's used to make linen. It's a very, very valuable plant. And so he meant, well, he wanted to bring a valuable plant to Hashem. But Hashem did not want to burn it because flaxseed has a very, very bad smell when it burns. So Hashem did not think it was, a, did not want to burn it. And therefore, Cain was, uh, therefore Cain's sacrifice was not accepted, though he meant well. Um, the Rebbe explains that Cain brought flaxseed, but he brought low-quality flaxseed. He felt that he could bring the most valuable plant that he had, but of that plant, he could bring lower quality. And he made a mistake, because Hashem doesn't need us to bring the best species of plant that we have to Him. From everything that we have, He wants us to bring the best of that to Him. In other words, everything that we have was made to serve Hashem. Everything that we have is there for Hashem. So the first and the best of everything should be brought to Hashem. So rather than just taking one thing and bringing that to Hashem, you should bring part of everything to Hashem. So rather than just bringing flaxseed, but lower quality flaxseed to Hashem, he could have taken from each and every plant that he had and brought the best of it and the first of it to Hashem. In Lukutei Torah, the Alter Rebbe, the, um, uh, the Alter Rebbe explains that Cain was actually very spiritual. Cain saw God in everything that he did. He was a very, very spiritual individual. And that was why he brought flaxseed. Flaxseed is very unique because from every seed that you plant of flaxseed, you get one stalk growing. Most plants that you plant, you plant a seed, you get multiple stalks growing from a single seed. But flaxseed is unique, that each seed gets only a single stalk, and in that stalk of the flaxseed, well, it grows, a number, it grows um, seeds, 
which is kind of the flaxseed. The seeds of the flaxseed are um, a seed that I guess could be used like a, um, but the eaten, but within the, and it's used for oil, they make flaxseed oil, but within the stalk itself is the linen. And so you get one strand of linen from each stalk that you plant. And so um, that represents that Cain saw one thing, God, within everything. He only saw spirituality. His life was a very spiritual life. He w- didn't believe in materiality. And he didn't believe in investing in our material world. He was focused on spirituality. Hashem was not happy with that because Hashem wants us to also be focused on our material world around us. He doesn't want us to just live a spiritual life, but He wants us to try to transform everything that we have and use it for spirituality. So yes, use material things. Don't keep away from material things, but use material things and use them for spirituality. And that is why a sacrifice was not accepted. That is also why, because he was so focused on fixing the world, on, on, uh, on, fix, on spirituality, he didn't get an opportunity to fix the world and to fix himself. He wasn't working on his own negative character traits, which led to a very, and this is a common problem, people who are very focused on their spiritual, personal spiritual elevation and meditation and living a hermetic life lifestyle, those kind of people don't necessarily have very good interpersonal skills. And often their, um, their social skills are needing and their character is problematic. And that's what happened with Cain. He didn't work on his own personal development. In Judaism, along with spirituality and making our material world spiritual, we also need to work on our own personal development, on our own character development. Very important. So the Torah tells us that when Cain's sacrifice was not accepted, he got angry and upset. Bad reaction. Rather than trying to understand why his sacrifice wasn't accepted, instead he got upset and he got jealous of his brother. Hashem then appeared to Cain and said, Why are you upset? Why are you angry? Don't be upset. Don't be angry. Rather, you should improve your ways. Try to understand what you did wrong. Why your sacrifice wasn't accepted. If you improve, you will be forgiven. If you do not improve though, sin is always crouching at the door. And it desires to control you. But you can rule over it. And this is a reference to our evil inclination. In Judaism, we believe, and this is the source, that every person has two inclinations. A good inclination, a Yetzer Tov, and an evil inclination, a Yetzer Hara. And each one of them is trying to control us. Each one of them is pulling us in a different direction. Our good inclination is pulling us to do good. Our evil inclination is pulling us to do bad. And we have to be very, very careful to make sure that we only follow our good inclination and not our evil inclination. The evil inclination, the Torah says, la petach chatat rovetz. The evil inclination is crouching at the door. It's waiting for an opening. It's waiting for a weak moment to pounce. So it can get you to sin. You've got to be aware of it. 
You've got to be careful about it. And that is why even people who are generally good, even very spiritual people, even very godly people, it is waiting for a moment to pounce. It is waiting for a moment to jump on you and to get you to do the wrong thing. You've got to always be cognizant of it, always aware of it. So, um, uh, uh, so in Cain's situation, Cain had gotten angry. Angry is one of the anger is one of the best tools, that, or worst tools, I should say, that the evil inclination work uses. Because what it does is it gets you angry. When you're angry, then what happens is you lose your regular self control and can get pulled towards doing the wrong things. So the evil inclination has all sorts of tools like anger, depression, frustration, all sorts of negative feelings that when you get those negative feelings, they would lead you to doing bad. Over here, Hashem calls this evil inclination chatat, sin, a reference to Cain's sin. He did one thing wrong. He brought the wrong thing as a sacrifice. It may have been accidental sin. Chatat in, in the Torah usually is accidental. He didn't even mean to do anything wrong. But what happens is you do one thing wrong, it awakens your evil inclination and pushes you to do another thing. Or we say in Pirkei Avot, in Ethics of Our Fathers, Avera goreret Avera. One transgression leads to another. You do one thing long, wrong, it leads to another, which leads to another, which leads to another, leads to a spiral of bad things. On the positive side, good deeds do the same. One good thing leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. So Hashem warned Cain, you're upset, you're angry, you're frustrated, you're jealous of your brother. Be careful. The sin, the evil inclination is crouching. It's waiting at the door. It's waiting to pounce on you. Be very careful. You can control it. And ultimately, Hashem tells Cain, we have the ability to control our evil inclination. You, Cain, have the ability to control it. Even though it feels very strong, and it feels very overwhelming, and it feels very, very powerful, you have the ability to control it. It's like air. It's like a bubble. It pops in a moment. It feels very big, but all it takes is a second to pop it. It's not. You can ultimately control it and say no to it. And the same is true for everyone. Everyone has the ability to control their evil inclination. Everyone is responsible for what they do. So shortly after that, Cain gets into a quarrel with his brother Heaven. Now it's not clear what they argued about. The Torah just said they were arguing or they spoke to each other. It doesn't say what they quarreled over. And there are many, many different opinions as to what they quarreled over. One view says that they quarreled over the other system. Remember we said that Heva was born with a second system. Each Cain was born with one sister, Heva was born with two. And they debated over who should have the right to marry the other sister. Cain said, I'm the older brother. I should get her. <coughs> Heva said, she's my twin, a triplet. I should get her. So they quarreled over that. Another view is they were quarreling over how to divide the earth. Sibling, typical sibling rivalry quarreling over their parents' inheritance. Parents were still alive. They were already fighting. Unfortunately, it's a very common problem that remains today. How many siblings do not talk to each other because they're quarreling over their parents' estate? So they quarreled over how they, they had the whole earth to divide. 
and they were quarreling over who would get the earth. Now, how could you fight over who would about over the earth? So the Midrash says they both wanted the spot of the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, which is the holy, holiest place on earth. Each one said, I should get it. So that's what they were fighting over. Another said, Cain came up with this genius idea. He said, there's two of us. We're going to split all of the earth between us. I'm a farmer. You're a shepherd. I'll take the land. You take all the animals and everything on the land. So Hevel thought that was a good deal. So they agreed to that. Then Cain turns to Hevel and says, you're standing, you're trespassing. You're on my land. Get off my land. A uh, fourth opinion is they argued over um, theology. They argued over reward and punishment. Cain refused to... Uh, Hevel, they were arguing over why Hashem accepted Hevel's sacrifice and did not accept Cain's sacrifice. Hevel said, Cain, there must have been something wrong with your sacrifice and that is why Hashem did not accept it. Cain said there's no such thing as Hashem not doing something because you do something wrong. What you, your action should not impact Hashem's responses. He didn't believe in the concept of reward and punishment. And Hevel then told him, no, when you die, there is also reward and punishment in the next world. There's reward and punishment for your actions in this world. There's reward and punishment in the next world. All important beliefs in Judaism. We once did a class on reward and punishment, and it's on the podcast. Um, but Cain said he doesn't believe in it. And that's what they argued about. Regardless, whatever it may have been, their arguments somehow turned violent and they began to hit each other. The Medrash tells us that Hevel first pinned Cain down. He was the stronger of the two. But Cain begged him for mercy and so Hevel let him go. But then Cain jumped on his brother Hevel and he killed him. How did he kill him? There are multiple different opinions as to how he killed him. One says, and Rashi quotes this, that he didn't know how to kill him because no one had ever killed anyone before. He didn't know how people died. So he beat him and he beat him and beat him until he died. Beat him to death. Another opinion is that he saw his father offer sacrifices. When his father offered sacrifices, he slit the throat of the animals with a knife. And so Cain did the same thing. He took a knife and he slit his brother's throat. The third opinion, this is in the Zohar, says that he bid him until he died. And that is because the um, negativity of the snake that had gotten um, Chava, Eve, his mother, to sin, um, had transferred into Cain. And Cain had that snake force inside him. And just as snakes bite their prey, so too he bid him to death. Regardless, Hevel is now dead. 25% of people on earth, 50% of Adam and Eve's children, descendants, are dead. If you don't count the daughters. If you don't count the daughters, male descendants, yes. Hashem appears to Cain and says, where's your brother? And now Hashem, of course, knew where his brother was. We believe Hashem knows everything. But Hashem did not want to come begin with an accusation, why did you kill your brother? Because then Cain will get defensive. Hashem wanted to give Cain an opportunity to confess his sin. So Hashem said, where is your brother? So Cain famously responded, Hashomer achi anochi. Am I my brother's guard? Or it's often said, am I my brother's keeper? Um, and so 
Hashem told him, the blood of your brother whom you killed is crying out to me. And Hashem punished Cain and said, the earth will be cursed for you. You will no longer be able to plant. Nothing will grow for you anymore. Instead, you will need to wander the earth like a nomad. So Cain regretted his sin now that Hashem had told him off and punished him and said, Gadol avoni minso. My sin is too great to bear. Essentially, asking for forgiveness for his sin, regretting, showing, doing what we call teshuva, repentance, repenting, and regretting his sin. He asked Hashem to ensure that those who see him, although he's a murderer, don't kill him. So Hashem said, do not worry. In seven generations you will be avenged. You will not be killed. And Hashem gave him a sign a sign so that no one will kill him. What was that sign? There are many different opinions. One opinion is that Hashem placed a letter of his name on Cain so that he had a letter of God on him. Another opinion says that man was created in the image of God. Because we are in the image of God, whenever animals see humans, they are always afraid of humans, naturally. Because we have the image of God on us. However, a human who sins loses their image of God. When you sin, you lose your image of God, and animals are no longer afraid of you and will attack you. So, um, Cain, when he killed his brother, he had sinned, he lost his image of God. And therefore, animals would attack him and kill him. And so he was afraid as a nomad, animals will kill him. Hashem restored this image of um, God to him. Another opinion in the Medrash is that Hashem gave a dog, gave him a dog that will protect him. So he went around with a dog from then on. And another fascinating opinion is the Medrash says that Hashem placed a horn on his forehead that he should look like an animal and that animals will that way not attack him. So it says then either Cain buried Hevel or the parents Adam and Eve, Adam and Chava buried, buried Hevel. There's a Midrash that says that Adam and Chava found their dead son. They didn't know what to do. What do you do with a dead person? They had never seen a dead person before. What do you do with them? And so they see two birds fighting. They see one bird kill the other bird. And then with its beak, dig a hole in the ground and bury the bird that it had killed. And so they get the message that a person must be buried. And so they bury their son, Heaven. So Cain begins to wander the earth. Um, and then he, I guess he wanders with his wife, with, who was his sister. Um, and together they have a son. After he has a son, he builds a city or a settled place. He has to wander, but his son does not. So he builds a city for his son, and he calls his son's name Chanoch. Chanoch means training, right? From the word Chinoch, training or education. He was going to train him to be better than himself, to do better than himself. The Rebbe points out that Despite Cain himself having killed his brother, and he was probably regretted having done it, and he was punished severely by God that he would be nomadic for the rest of his life, even so, he kept going. He had a son, had a child, and he built a home for his son, a place for his son to live. He took care of that son. He was going to keep going, even though such a great tragedy had happened. And it really teaches us the importance of continuing even after great tragedy. 
The Torah then tells us that his son, Hanoch, had a son, who then had another son, Hanoch, had a son, Mechuyal, um, uh, who then had a um, son, Mesushal, who then had a son, um, Lemech. They each had children. His sixth generation was a great-great-great-grandson called Lemech. The Torah then tells us that Lemech had a son called Tubal Kayin, and Lemech, the Medrash says, he and Tubal Kayin were the ones who eventually killed their great-grandfather Kayin, whom Hashem told him will be avenged by the seventh generation. How did that happen? So the Midrash tells us that Lemach was blind, and he would go with his son Tuval Kayin to hunt, but, um, and presumably this was just as a sport, according to the opinion that they were not able to eat meat, they were hunting for sport. Um, I should point out, hunting is, uh, Judaism does not um, support hunting, or does not allow for hunting, um, even um, now that we are allowed to eat meat, hunting for sport, killing animals for sport is wrong, but presumably that's what they were doing. And um, Lemach himself was blind, he could not see, but he would hunt, and um, his son would point the arrow to where he should shoot. Um, and so he, um, he um, they saw an animal from a distance, what appeared to be an animal, um, Tuvalkayan saw, and he pointed the arrow, and they shot, and they came, and they realized that it was... Um, they realized that it was their ancestor, Kayin. According to the opinion that said that he had a horn on him, maybe it would be understood why they mistook him for an animal from a distance. But they killed their grandfather, Kayin. And um, the Midrash then says that then Lemach, when he was told by his son, Tuval Kayin, that you didn't kill an animal, but you killed your ancestor, Kayin, he was so upset that he clapped his hands together and he hit his son, Tuval Kayin, so hard that his son, Tuval Kayin, died as well. Um, and so they both died as a result. And so that's, according to the Medrash, the end of Cain. So it's a very, very fascinating story, very, very powerful story. Cain's descendants continue to live until the flood in this week's Parsha. Later, Adam and Eve are going to have a third son called Shes, or Seth, and he is then going to be the ancestor of Noah, who Hashem is going to save from the flood. All of Cain's descendants then get destroyed in the flood. Although there is a Midrash that tells us that Noah's wife was, it says Noah and his wife and his sons and their wives were all saved. Noah's wife was a descendant of Cain. So that would make all humanity descendants, not paternal descendants of Cain, but at least through Noah's wife would all be descendants of Cain according to that Midrash. But simply speaking, besides Noah, all the rest of Cain's descendants, like all humans, got, were eventually destroyed in the flood. So this is a very powerful story. It's a story that has many, 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 many important lessons. It teaches us, firstly, the value of giving the best of what we have to Hashem. If we speak simply that Cain's sacrifice was not accepted and Hevel's was, because Hevel gave the best of what he had. And so it's important for us to learn that we always need to give the best of everything that we have to Hashem. Another important lesson the Torah Hashem told Cain that your evil inclination is there waiting to pounce. It's always there, and it's always waiting to pounce. And um, you be careful, be aware of it, be aware of that evil inclination. Another important lesson is the danger of je- anger and jealousy. Anger and jealousy could lead to horrible results. Not worth it. Avoid anger and jealousy at all costs. 
A further lesson is Hashem tells Cain that he's able to control his evil inclination. Everyone has the ability to control their evil inclination. A further lesson after Cain fails to control his evil inclination and kills his brother and Hashem punishes him for it, Cain asks for Hashem to forgive him. He asks for forgiveness. He asks for repentance. And we learn that you can be forgiven and you can repent. And then a final explanation is that a final lesson, sorry, that we see is that even after everything that happened, he killed his brother and was severely punished for it. And after everything, he still picks up and has a child and builds him a house and he still moves on. And it's important that even after the greatest tragedies, we continue, we move on, we do more, we do better, we continue to grow, never sulk in the past, but continue to grow for the future.